Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Nice to have you on the show. We're talking NASCAR once again. We got the familiar voices, hopefully soon to be faces with us. Chris, how are you doing? Ah, just lovely. Got a nap. Uh huh. Oh, I'm wide awake today. <laughs> got a nap for Kansas, huh? <laughs> no, I got a nap for this program. Oh, you got a nap earlier. Okay. You told me you were going to be here two hours ago. So. I was like, man, you actually slept through that nice race, huh? No, no I did actually. I was quite engaged with Kansas this time. Yes, I have to say, I think that Kansas exceeded my expectations this time around, so that's good. Uh, Amos, would you agree, and how are you? I am good, and I guess I missed Kansas. Yeah, it was all right. Is that what you were talking all about? Right. Sorry, I was reading an article. No, yeah, um, that's what we were talking about. I think it was better than I thought it was. would be. Sorry. I think it was good. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was quite as exciting as what some people held that I listened to a little NASCAR on Sirius XM yesterday and there were, I mean, it was a good race, but I don't know if I was quite as excited as some of the people that were calling into some shows <laughs> yesterday. So, All right. Well, we'll get to that uh, with the midway point. We're going to look at the playoffs a little more seriously on this show. So we probably won't spend as much time on Kansas. We'll kind of go through who's in the playoff spot. We'll think and try and come up with whether they'll be there at the end of the 26th race schedule. We're going to try and figure out who is going to win some races because there are a few guys that haven't won yet that I would imagine will win. So I think on this show we'll dive a little deeper into the playoffs and kind of get a feel for what it's shaping up like midway through the season. Uh, and then we'll look forward to, of course, the next race, which I'm blanking on. Where are we going next? Texas. Texas. All-star oh, yeah. Race. All-Star Weekend. Come right. All-Star Weekend. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Um, don't forget to vote for the All-Star Fan Vote coming up. Um, that'll Would you be... like to explain to people how they can do that? Yeah. So you go on to NASCAR.com. You can find the All-Star page or NASCAR All-Star, probably the best thing to search up. Uh, and you can go pick a driver that's not in the field that will win the fan vote. Uh, if they don't win the Open, then they uh, advance to the main event for the chance to win a million dollars with the help of your vote. So One million dollars. I have already endorsed Daniel Suarez big time, and him, Eric Jones, Tyler Reddick, and Corey LaJoy find themselves currently in the top four, according to a Instagram post I saw earlier. So I think Amos has expressed his interest in voting for Eric Jones, and uh, I think Chris echoed the Daniel Suarez. So uh, get out there, vote for who you want, and it should be fun watching him race for a million dollars, and we'll talk about that coming up. So, All right, shall we talk about Kansas then, or does anyone want to bring up anything else? Any other housekeeping things? Small rumblings that Dodge is coming back to NASCAR because Tony Stewart's... uh, has a NHRA team. I guess it's like becoming like Chris made speculation earlier in the year, mm-hmm. but I guess it's a really kind of gain, gaining steam. And NASCAR will neither confirm nor deny mm. they are in talks with a fourth manufacturer. All right, Chris. I'll bet you money they just open their <laughs> arms and say yes. Come on in. So this was this was something you were saying. What, maybe two and a half months ago or so? Yeah, it was close to the start of the season. <sighs> yeah, we'd have to go back and find the show, I guess. Um, do you want to expand on this anymore? I mean, Amos brings it up. Do you want to say anything more? Well, 
I, I just want to say that I'm not surprised mm-hmm. as, as much as maybe some people would be. Because when I found out that Tony Stewart had the tie to Dodge with his drag racing team, I thought, this is the next step. Mm. You know, you just connected to, the dots just yeah. like that. Huh? Because, I mean, who's, you know, look at Tony Stewart. He's, he's always been a maverick. He's been an innovator. Mm-hmm. You know, he's into all types of racing. I can totally see him saying, yes, yeah. I will embrace a new manufacturer. I think, too, that the speculation and then NASCAR saying, mm, I don't know, that kind of makes it almost suspicious in a way of, like, you'd think if nothing was happening, then they would just say, oh, no, that's that's just a rumor. Well, my experience with NASCAR is, is if it's not happening, they'll, they'll, they'll tell, tell you it's you. not happening. Yeah, yeah. All right. When they start playing coy and, you know, ooh, I'm 16 years old, I'm going to the prom, but I'm not going to say with who, you know, that's, oh, okay. that, that's kind of how NASCAR operates. Well, we'll keep watching it and see. Uh, maybe maybe Chris has spoken it before anyone has even thought about the it. The prophet so. has spoken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He has declared himself, Jeez, everyone. Maybe he should yes. take a nap more often. <laughs> I know. I know he's in a good mood. All right, let's get to Kansas. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time here because I want to look at the playoff schedule or playoff standings a little more, like I said, and and what the second half of the season kind of holds in store. Um, but we'll say, like we have already, that it was a more entertaining race than I thought it would be. There was some fun moments with uh, some wrecks, and it seemed like everyone decided to lose their back tire, uh, the back right, no, the back left, sorry, to be specific. Back right. Was back it back left? right? Right rear. I don't know. They were Right losing, rear. They were losing tires. It was everywhere. Uh, they were all losing tires. Except Eric Jones. He didn't lose a tire on the right rear. They had to literally cut it off of the car. That was fantastic. Another great moment. Uh, What was that, like five to ten minutes of them just watching this I am sitting there thinking, why is NASCAR letting this go on on pit road? I don't know. I don't (laughs) know. Because, I mean, it was. It was 10, 15 minutes of just watching them go... And I mean, they were taking some serious <laughs> tools to that thing. It was pretty. Uh, it they was had pretty. Grinders fun. and sawzalls and big pry bars and some big old boy that was a fuel tank carrier, fuel can carrier, was yeah. out there wailing on it with a sledgehammer. And yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, it was a pretty competitive race towards the end. Uh, so let's just jump towards the end. Kyle Larson in contention to win the race. I thought, oh, he's in a good position. He's going to. Probably win it the way he's been driving, though, throughout the day. I was like, oh, maybe not, though, because he had been struggling to really hold his car uh, in the lead and around people when he was going for the lead. It seemed to be a consistent theme. Uh, Amos, uh, what did you what did you make of Kyle Larson's struggles and kind of how it ran away from him there at the end? I mean, we'll talk more about how, how Bush was able to get the win, but, yeah, I mean, what do you make of Larson's weirdness up front? So I feel like it's kind of been a theme with Kyle Larson all through the season. He is just super loose around other cars, especially when he's up front. And he can either A, not stay off of the person he's racing with, or B, the wall. And (laughs) honestly, through this race in Kansas, he was against the wall more than he was off the wall, it seemed like. But But he still had a super fast car, so... I really didn't expect that he would be able to stay out front. Kurt Busch just had too strong a car. I didn't think he would lose the lead by basically scrubbing the wall and having his car go away from him. But mm-hmm. it's like he said in his post race and on the interview when he was or the 
radio after it happened. It was all him, and he's been bouncing off the wall all day. So can't be mad at Kurt Busch for what happened. So right, uh, and yeah, that's that's really what happened. I mean, when Bush come to pass him. Eventually, you knew, okay, he's going to catch him. It was very evident. I think Kurt Busch's car was by far the best car towards the end of the race. Uh, he was looking really good. And every time he got a run on Larson, he just quite couldn't get there, couldn't get there. But then Larson started to make some mistakes, and then it uh, it went away from him. He got into the wall. I think there was, I mean, he didn't just run into the wall just for no reason. I mean, I definitely think Kurt Busch was pushing him um, to make a mistake, and Kurt Busch got exactly what he was looking for, right? Uh, and when he that mistake was made, he, he went by and and gets the win. And what, his first win of the year, uh, 23XI's first win of this year, it's pretty big for their, them right now, I think. Pretty big for Kurt Busch. Uh, Chris, what do you want to say about Kurt Busch winning? You have a you have a good fact that you want to throw our way to, so uh, give well, us your thoughts on Kurt. I'll be honest with you. I was over the moon that Kurt Busch won the, won the race. I mean, I... I've had hot and cold feelings about Kurt Busch his entire 22-year career, but right now he's on the upswing in my mind, and I, I really like the guy. I think he's really become a class act in the last four or five years. And I was listening to series today, so I'll attribute it to them, but um, they were talking about Kurt Busch's career. He's been in NASCAR for 22 years, and in that 22-year time, he's only had two seasons where he didn't win a race, which was 2012 when he was with James Finch Racing. Mm-hmm. And 2013, when he went over to uh, Furniture Row, prior to... Now, I'm trying to remember how that progressed. I, I'm thinking that Martin Truex probably came into Furniture Row right after Kurt Busch, but I could be wrong on that. I'd, I'd have to do a little more research on that. But the point is, he has helped... You know, he's gone in... I mean, the James Fitch thing, that was way underfunded, and, and he was really racing quite competitively in that 2012 mo- uh, season, mm-hmm. but he couldn't pull off a win. And then 2013, you know, he brought that Furniture Row racing team to a whole new level. Yeah. You know, so I, I was just very, ex- you know, very excited that he was able to pull off the win and do it in a way that he did it. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I got there on the last lap. No, he, he led that race a lot of laps. So I think what's interesting uh, with Kurt Busch is he's been around a long time. He's, so he's, he's a veteran. He's raced tons of different manufacturers. He's raced for tons of different owners, cars, uh, probably crew chiefs too. And he just keeps finding a way to win, right? Like Chris said, he, he only had two seasons where he hasn't won in his long career. He's been a champion in the past. When he got brought on 23XI, I think maybe even us were, you know, some of us were like, uh, is this a good move? Like, yes, but he's kind of old. And and I think, Amos, you were definitely one of the ones that was like, no, this is a good move. This is a good idea from 23XI. This result, I mean, and how he's performed throughout the season dealing with the struggles that they've had as a team uh, to get this result. This is why they bring a guy on like this, right? I mean, to get results, to persevere, to be a veteran, because you know what you're going to get at Kurt Busch. So, well, well, yeah, uh, yeah I expand mean, on that. I mean, yeah, for sure. Want. Like Chris said, 20 to 22 years, he's had at least one win through his season, or yeah. through his, the season. Um, he's been in, he's a past NASCAR champ. He's won some of the biggest races NASCAR has to offer. And he has had his struggles. I, I will say, 
I agree with Chris. I've had a love-hate relationship with Kurt Busch, mostly hate, and it's very little love even to this day. But he's matured a lot as a driver through the struggles, and I feel like they probably made him a better person. He just seems like he's so much more happy and positive and jovial to be around lately, like through the TV. So um, I think... I hate to say it, but I think Danny Hamlin knew for sure what he was doing when he brought Kyle Bush on or Kurt Bush on board. So I, w- I would like to see where I would hope that this helps 23XI. I mean, Bubba Wallace had a really good car too. Like through the middle part of the race, he was he was probably the fastest car on track, and he was heading right towards the front until he had a issue on pit road, which. Them are things that I think you can work on and fix. Yep. You can't, you know, you can't really fix. You can, but it takes you a lot more time to fix bringing a fast race car. And for whatever reason, 23XI had two pretty good cars on Sunday. So Mm -hmm. I think the mid-run of the season, I mean, it could be good for 23XI. Kurt Busch... I don't know if he's really going to make that many more waves through the season. I think he's he's doing his job at 23XI, but I just don't know if he's going to – I don't see him being a multi-win race uh, season. Mm. I don't see a deep run into the chase unless, unless 23XI has hit something this last week that's going to carry him through the season. Yeah. But they, got, they have some momentum heading into the early part of the summer season, and – like I said before, this is why Danny Hamlin brought Kurt Busch on. And so we'll see if it translates for Bubba Wallace and if he can carry some of the momentum. But, I mean, good win. Right decision by Danny Hamlin. But you might have hit the peak of, <laughs> what of your expectation yeah. 13 races in. So, Chris, Amos said that he doesn't think he can get more than, than one win. Uh, I don't know, Amos, do you think that Bubba Wallace gets a win this season at some point in the regular season? Next 13 races, essentially. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see. So so I want to see how well he races at the All-Star Open, mile-and-a-half mm. track, super fast track. Not quite as much banking at Texas, or more banking at Texas than Kansas, a little bit more grip, kind of a track you can run where you want. And then I want to see how well both Kurt and Bubba Wallace do at the Coke 600. I think if they have decent finishes towards the end, like over the next couple weeks, then, yeah, I may change my tune. But I'd like to see a little bit more before I say yay or nay on that. All right, Chris, so what do you think about that? I mean, there's we've really been waiting for someone to break out and rattle off some wins. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe it will with someone. And every week we're kind of like, oh, is this the guy that's going to rattle off a bunch of wins? And then they and then they just don't. Um, is Kurt Busch that guy? Is 23XI the team that's going to rise up here? Or do you think it's just a good weekend? Mm, I am going to attribute it as being a good weekend. Mm-hmm. Boy, I hate to be, a, you know, negative about this, but... In the next 13 races, which we've got less than the regular season, there's several that favor, you know, the kind of performance that they put in at Kansas. But I don't see them, you know, ripping off two or three wins in the next 13. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I'll, I'll be surprised 
Bubba Wallace could pull it off in the in the last Daytona race just before the end of the season, possibly. Right. Um, but we've got, you know, and, and I'm not opposed to this. I don't dislike it. We've got an awful lot of road courses coming up through the, through the summer season, and, and I just don't think Bubba Wallace's development has gotten him that to that point. He could do well at Pocono. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's all about strategy there. Yeah, so. and, he, and he could do well at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But I really, if Bubba Wallace is going to get a win, it's going to be at Daytona. In I mean, my opinion, Kurt Busch does have some road course skills too. Well, and Kurt Busch could win another. He could win another time. He could. But I mean, we've got thirteen races uh, left, and to be brutally honest with you, I'm kind of getting on your bag bandwagon of sixteen winners. You know, through the yeah. season because yeah. I mean it's just not predictable week to week. You know, we got a convert over here. Well, I didn't say I was converted. <laughs> I said I'm coming around to it. All right, so this is the thing with Kerbush. Let's just go back through the years. Uh, 2013 was the last time he didn't win a race. 14, he won one. 15, he won two. Since then, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, he's won one race. So he's good for about one race, a pole every so often. That's about it. Um, so really, the expectation shouldn't be insane, in my opinion. He's going to make the playoffs, obviously. And... It's a first, second round type of exit that he usually puts in. Um, we were really high on him last year, obviously. Kind of seriously, but kind of joking uh, too. But, you know, if they can replicate the type of car that they brought to this track, like if they're a, t- a team that has it figured out on how to race this style of track, you can rack up quite a few good performances and, and then put yourself in a good position going into the playoffs. So I think... I'm probably with with Amos. We need to keep waiting and seeing, but I don't expect more than what we've gotten out of them because another aspect of it is we haven't really seen them perform well up to this point either, like in the races leading up to this. So it is kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, they've turned a corner because there was a nice stretch to the start of the season where Kurt Busch did well, and then he went 32nd at Coda. 35th at Richmond, 6th at Martinsville, and then he went 32, 16, 31, 28. So is this a race that will turn in the corner halfway through the season? I'm going to say no, but if it does, then it could be really interesting. <laughs> All right, uh, what else do we have to say about this race? Any any disappointment that Larson wasn't able to hold on to his car, or is it nice to keep chugging toward the 16, Chris or Amos, whoever wants to answer? Like I said, I... For the very first time, I think in all the years they raced at Kansas, I was really engaged in the race because of what was going on as a total race. You know, mm-hmm. not just the race for the lead, but the you know the the backstory that was going on on the pits and the tires and the wheels. And and I was reading an article on NASCAR today that apparently the big problem we've been thinking that they weren't getting the lug nuts tight. Well, according to this article, the big problem's been is they're over tightening. And and that's something that I had not thought was possible, but, but apparently it is. So, uh. you know, this, this whole single lug nut thing, I mean, these guys are used to doing five on and five off. You'd think that they could master the single lug nut pretty quickly, you know. Obviously, it's uh, a little more complicated, huh? Yeah. Uh, Amos, what else do you want to say on this race? I mean, I'll yeah, it was definitely more <clears throat> entertaining than I thought it would be. It's a... 
a race in the chase first round, I believe, in the fall. I would hope that the teams have kind of figured out. I mean, I'm not going to say it's all good year for the tire issues. I'm not going to say it's all the teams or NASCAR. I just kind of – I really don't want to see this type of race with tires, say, in the first round of the chase. I mean, you had a couple guys that just had tire issues. Come, some were ready to – were able to rebound and get back in the race, and some were not. So, But I, I feel like by the time we get to that point, we'll have enough mile and a half under our belt, and the teams will have a good sample size of what they need to do in order to stay competitive. And maybe that'll kind of be one of the races that separate the men from the boys in the first round. Yeah. I agree. Um, let's let's give out our driver of the day and team of the day, rookie of the day. So we do this every week. If you guys are new to the show, we like to look at what driver performed the best. It's subjective in many ways because we all have different opinions on what defines good or a bad day. Um, so we'll get to that, and then we'll go to rookie of the day. Pretty self-explanatory. We'll look at the rookies, who did the best, and then pick one. And then team of the day is the... Uh, you know, Hendrick, JGR, RCR, guys like that. So, uh, Amos, let's have you start. Most impressed, uh, who most impressed you on Sunday in Kansas for your driver of the day? Well, I would, I mean, I don't want to pick the obvious and say Kurt Busch. I feel like this <laughs> is a, a track that suits him. He had a car that should have won. Um, honestly, I, I, I'm going to kind of surprise people. I think Kyle Busch had a good run. I think his attitude through the day helped keep the team up front and overcoming a few issues on pit road. Mm -hmm. But I think Kurt Busch is in a really good spot, leaving Kansas, setting himself up for the summer stretch. I think there's a handful, and when I say handful, I mean a very small handful of guys that I feel like can probably rip off some wins and mm -hmm. and he's up there so my driver of the day is kyle bush all right uh a sentence you won't hear me say a lot so don't get used to it i'm gonna go with denny hamlin um he had lots of adversity they showed a chart earlier in the race uh where maybe halfway a little more than halfway through where he kept falling and then gaining a bunch of spots he passed like some crazy number of cars uh he finished top five i believe so at the end of the day, it's a pretty good drive to overcome a lot of adversity and get back up front and be competitive. Uh, so I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Chris? Well, I think I'm going to go with Christopher Bell. Okay. Because he was kind of like a yo-yo that entire race. He qualified on the pole, as I recall. Yes. Uh, raced well up front, had some adversity, uh, dropped to the back, was able to race himself back up, had some more adversity, dropped to the back again, and then was able to uh, race up and, and have a fifth-place finish. So I'm going to go with Christopher Bell. So we saw a lot of uh, Toyotas up front, and JGR guys all got our picks here. Uh, obviously, that's a, a good sign for one of the up-and-coming awards for this race for sure. Uh, were you guys surprised? I mean, this was probably the best Toyota race of the entire season. Um, like Amos brought up earlier before Wallace had his problems, he was actually like on rails. He looked like a train moving up through the field. Obviously his teammate got the win and then the field is just littered with JGR guys everywhere up front. So was this most dominant day for, uh, 
for the Toyotas by far, Amos? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have six Toyotas in the field, and they all placed in the top ten. You had Toyota as the winner of the race. Yeah, Bubba Wallace probably would have been a contender had he not had issues on pit road. I I really think he would have had something to say about it at the end. He just kind of struggled getting that track position back that he lost. I don't know. Maybe Toyota has went back to the drawing board. They were kind of crappy at the first of the year. Maybe they've just said, (laughs) look, we got to pick a starting point and then go from there. The mile and a half or cookie cutter, cream of the crop, NASCAR's forte. So they probably said, let's. Let's get our mile and a half program down, and then you know we'll go from there. We can get some guys some wins on the mile and a halfs, and then we'll see how it shakes out in the chase. We'll have some better, better sample size and better data as we get into the latter part of the season. So that's kind of my thought process on Toyota, and mm-hmm. um, I'm, that's why I'm interested to see how well. I mean, I know I said Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace, but the next two races with the All Star being a mile and a half and the Coke six hundred mile and a half. It'll be interesting to see what Toyota does. All right, rookie of the day. Uh, a day that some rookies kind of struggled, except for one. Didn't, I don't, well, he did qualify fourth, so that was good. But he finished 11th. Uh, Austin Sindrick, probably the most likely pick. Yes, no, Amos? Yeah, I agree. He he really did have a, a fairly decent day, considering the trouble that most people had with tires and the limited amount of space you could run on the track. So mm-hmm. I think he did a great job. Uh, Amos, or not Amos, Chris, you agree? Yeah, I'm going to go with Austin Sendrick. Justin Haley had just an absolutely disastrous day. Car had problems. He had problems on pit road. I mean, it it was just a disaster for him. And I don't know. I mean, was it preparation? Meh, maybe. Mm. But I think... Uh, I, I've got to go with Austin Sindrick. All right, team of the day. Uh, I would have given it 23XI until they screwed Bubba Wallace on pit road, so I'm going to go with JGR. Um, where We just talked about it, and I don't think we need to say much more. They had a great day, and, you know, four, uh, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. What more do you want? Except for a win. I mean, at the end of the day, you want the win, but that's a great result. So, uh, Amos? I agree. Okay. Very short. I agree and sweet. with you. I like well, it. yeah. I mean, what you? I mean, there's you can't say much more. Yeah. Okay. They were up front. <laughs> they were contenders. Toyota had a great day. JGR led the charge for Toyota. Uh, are we gonna see some someone new from Chris? No, I'm gonna okay. go with Toyota <laughs> as a team rather than just JGR, because <laughs> okay. I mean, you you put six cars in the top ten. That's a a sterling performance in anybody's book. All right, uh, let's review our picks, shall we? No. They went good for one of us here, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. All right, uh, we picked race winner, pole sitter, and will there be a new winner? Uh, spoiler alert, we all got the last question wrong, so we'll start there. No points for anyone. We all said no. Amos, oh. or, or Chris, you had a chance to say yes and just be different, but you just uh, went with the rest of us. I went with the crowd. All right. That's um, what I get. That's <laughs> what I get for being a lemming. Race winner, um, mm, rough day for you two. Joey Logano struggled. That was Amos's pick, got 17th. And Chris went with William Byron. They finished uh, right by each other, 16th, 17th. I don't know what was wrong with Logano, but it's like they just give him a different car every weekend, you know? like <laughs> he, That car that he had, I mean, it came off the trailer as junk, and it went mm. back on the trailer as junk. 
Uh, I pick up the point with Kyle Larson, who finished second. Uh, pole sitter, Amos, you picked Ryan Blaney, who got 12th. We did pretty okay in the pole picks, I think. Alex Bowman was Chris's pick, who got 8th. And I got it on the dot with Chris Bell, who got first. So two points for me. And we have a new leader in the clubhouse, which is me. Thank you very much. 17 for me, 16 for Chris. And Amos, you're still at the bottom with 11. Don't break your shoulder patting yourself yeah, on the back. Yeah, this is great. Dude, this is great. <laughs> uh, the, how the roles have reversed, for sure. Uh, I think at the, around this point last season, Amos was up at the top. So how's it feel to be down there, huh? No, I think for the most of part of the season, you held the lead. And no, you took it like just somewhere towards climbed the end. And it's all right. Mm, We're coming okay. into the mid part of the okay. season, boy. I'll get you. All right. Uh, Chris, you lost your lead. Are you sad? No, I'm confident oh, no. I can regain my lead. You'll be picking from a new position. Uh, it might be weird not getting the last pick of the bunch, huh? I know. Uh, but I do have a point of contention. We're not going to pick for this week, right? Oh, yeah. Because no, it's are. a non-points-paying race. Well, we picked the uh, we picked the first race that was a non-points-paying race. Okay. So All right. We always count the points around here. I'll concede that. Okay. All right. Uh, this week, we're going to go with winner. Who has the best team performance? Um, so, you know, Hendrick, JGR, someone like that. And who wins the Open? So, ooh, yeah. Ooh, the Open, not the All-Star? Not, well, winner of the All-Star and the Open. Yeah, yeah, see? So we got to pick okay. two winners. Essentially, essentially. Okay. All right, um, let's look at standings. Let's examine the playoff standings as they sit halfway through the year. So don't focus on the driver standings. Let's just look at the playoff standings. If the chase was to start today, uh, it would line up Byron, Chastain, Elliott, Hamlin, Bush, Logano, Bowman, Larson, Briscoe, Kurtbush, Cindric, Blaney, Truex, Bell, Harvick, Amarola. Four guys to miss would be uh, Dylan by 11, uh, Reddick by 22, and then gets progressively worse with Eric Jones and Suarez. So let's start towards the back, guys. Uh, let's look at Eric Amarola. Kevin Harvick, Chris Bell, and um, Martin Truex. Is the, we'll take them in groups of four, kind of. We'll work through to the top. So with Martin Truex, Chris Bell, Kevin Harvick, Eric Amarola, Amos, how many of these four do you expect to be in the playoffs? I mean, are we seeing the playoff field kind of set already? Obviously, there's only five guys that can get in with the current number of winners. I assume the winners list will expand. Um, but give us your thoughts on these four as they sit right now. Okay, I see Martin Truex. He's probably going to get a win. He's been, he's kind of had a typical Truex junior season. He just, he runs well or wrecks out. I I would have picked him to have a win already this season, so I'm a little surprised he's back there. The other three guys, Chris Bell has been racing pretty well. He may squeak out a win at a road course, but if we're going to continue this trend of a new winner every week, Obviously, he'll have to get a win, mm-hmm. but I just don't know. They're running well, but I'm not sure if they're quite staying as consistent as they need to be to sneak up there and grab a win. He qualifies great, man. I mean, yeah, he's been really solid in qualifying. Great car for one lap, and then it kind of goes <laughs> away after that. So um, oh, yeah. needs them, you know, 260. Subtle shade right there. <laughs> mm. Needs them 266. But the thing is with Chris Bell is I don't know that he needs to get like his time's coming. Yeah. He's still a young driver. He's got plenty of time. So for him to be doing as well as he is and where he's sitting now, I think he'd be probably pretty happy with that. K- 
Kevin Harvick and Eric Amarola. I mean, and then honestly, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick. I mean, come on, what do we? I know you didn't include these two, but like these four guys. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it wasn't this the same deal as last year? Like it was yeah. almost yeah. the same four guys? A- yeah, except and then Amarola well, won, yeah. so he yeah. locked us up. Amarola won, and then Austin and Tyler both moved into the top 16, but they were on the break point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and, just, and actually, Tyler took Austin out. They had to fight for it on, yeah. at yeah, Daytona. I, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think this new car has proven to be a little more of a pain for Harvick than what he anticipated. <laughs> I, he's consistently once again just like last season, top ten with a top fifteen car. Yeah, I mean he really he really is. I just don't, I don't know. He's he's kind of the same trend as Kurt Busch as far as over the last twenty twenty two years in NASCAR. He's only had a couple years where he's not won at least one race. Yeah, but this might be a year he he didn't win a race last year, right? Mm-hmm. This might be two in a row. I just. I mean, I like Kevin Harvick, but it's just, it's almost getting to the point where it's kind of painful. Mm. You know, you want him to do better. Well, (laughs) I don't want to be too rude, but it's almost just an athlete in the twilight of his career. And sometimes guys, like, prolong their careers, and then it, like, overshadows all the success they had earlier. And I I agree with you. I was just trying not to put it in them terms. Well, I'll be, I'll just say how it is around here. I mean, and (laughs) (laughs) And obviously Eric Amarola, I mean, he's, he's retiring at the end of the year for whatever reason. He's just in the same boat this year he was last year. And I, I, I don't know that Kevin, I don't think that Kevin Harvick, now Stuart Haas Racing in general, Obviously, they're doing okay with Ross Chastain, right? But where's poor old Daniel Suarez? Custer. Oh, Custer. Sorry. Yes, sir. He's he's not even close. So yeah. I just don't. But the thing is, it's like of these four guys: Harvick, Amarola, Dylan, and Reddick, and even Jones for that matter. None of them want to just step up and say, "Hey, I'm a guy mm-hmm. that's going to be at least one win and going to be talked about at least in the first round of the playoffs." So, of them four, Martin Truex Jr. is going to be there, and then I think you just have to roll the dice and see how the rest of the season runs out for the for Bell, Harvick, and Amarola. I think Truex will be there. I think Bell will be Reddick. there. I don't see Harvick Amarola winning. And I, I really do think Tyler Reddick's going to win a race at some point. So I think you would expect him to get in. I honestly think the way things are shaping up, there's going to be one spot available for either Eric Amarola, Kevin Harvick, or Austin Dillon. And someone's going to have to take advantage of it because the spots are running out for sure. Um, let's go with the next four. Chris, you'll take them. Chase Briscoe uh, in ninth, Kurt Busch in 10th, Austin Sindrick in 11th, Lowest uh, guy on the totem pole here with a win. And then Ryan Blaney, who's the highest guy on the totem pole without a win. Um, obviously, we know three of them, four, will be in the playoffs unless we get more than 16 wins, which, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you foresee Blaney also locking himself in? I, I think Ryan's going to lock himself in. Mm-hmm. I have a suspicion that he's going to knock off a couple of wins in a row as we get into the summer season. I mean, and, he's got to at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's got to happen, you know. Um, I'm not as confident uh, 
about, well, Austin Cindric's going to make the playoffs unless we have more than 16 winners just by virtue of the fact that he's got 16 yeah. or got a win. Um, Denny Hamlin, I think, still is on the bubble, even though he's got a win. I His performance up until this last week was not stellar, and he wasn't even running up to the standards that he had last year in my estimation. Yeah. So, you know, and then Kurt Busch, great. He won the race. I'm happy for him. I don't see him going very far into the playoffs. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, are these kind of the guys that would be at risk of potentially missing if we do have 17 winners? Like it's, it, I well, feel like it would be one of these three, personally. I, yeah, I do, too. I don't think it'll be Blaney. But I could, I could see Cindric, no, I mean, Bush, and Hamlin all... If Blaney gets a win, he'll move up the chart for sure. Well, um, he's currently, I mean, depending on how you look at the overall point standing, yeah. he's currently setting in second. Yeah, no, he's got a lot of points. So, he just needs to get a win. Yeah. Cause, and then his points would, would jump uh, precipitously. So Right. All right, um, let's look at these next four. Turn back to Amos. Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, five, six, seven, eight. This is kind of where we're getting into some contenders, maybe. Uh, do you disagree with that, Amos? No, I, I, okay, so I'm sorry. Run this by Briscoe, Larson, Bowman, Logano. No, uh, Bush, Logano, Bowman, Larson. Where's Briscoe at? I'm looking at a Briscoe's in ninth. So I'm looking at. What are you looking at? Well, I'm on Jayski. Well, I got. Oh. I'm on Jayski. He's in eighth, according to Jayski. Uh, I'm looking at. But so NASCAR looking... posted a thing if the playoffs started now on their Instagram. Oh, it's probably a difference of like. So they're taking into account the number of wins, and then they're taking into account the number of playoff points yeah. to seed them. So, okay, sorry so, if we're confused. All right, so give me your. Four so that you're uh, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson. Okay, so I just where's Briscoe in that? List? He's ninth right now. Okay, so Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Joey Logano. Kyle Busch. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is as plain as I can put it for everybody. I, Alex Bowman is not a championship contender. Okay. I <laughs> I like the guy. I, I think he's a decent racer. I'm not saying he's a hack by any means, but he is just not running consistent enough to be a championship contender. And you, that's just point blank. There's just no other way to put it. I He'll get his one or two wins a year. He'll make it maybe to the second round, you know, the round of 12. I, But I just – if you're not consistent through the regular season, I just don't think you turn it on a switch and and, and be consistent through the playoffs. What a hack. Um, <laughs> but, not, but, no, I'm not saying he's oh, a hack. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not, not a hack at all. If I'm Kyle Larson and Joey Lagan – so um, they brought up a great point on the televised cast. Um, Larry McReynolds said – now, the, the order of the races last year versus this year has been different. And last year, the All-Star Open was later in the year right, than it is right, this year. Yeah. But he brought up a point that I didn't realize. To this point, this many races in the season, basically, Kyle Larson only had one win. Right. He won the All-Star race, a million bucks, and then just went on a tear, right? Yep. yep. So he won Vegas yeah. earlier in the year. Yep. And then – so. If I'm Kyle Larson, I'm not necessarily worried. I think he his car has pace. It just needs a little handling. Mm-hmm. But I'm not worried. Joey Logano, I'm worried. 
Really? Oh. I've always been hunting. You're Joey's. jumping off the train well, early in the season. Here's the thing. He's dominating well, top sorry. five one race, and then he's sucking hind tit the next race. <laughs> he, I'm not sure what's going on at Penske. I don't know who's in charge of of competition. I don't know what they're doing. But one race they're hot, the next race they're cold. You can't do that. And mm. and if and I'm I'm gonna say something about Chris's talk with Ryan Blaney. I don't see it this year. I, I just I just don't see it. He's just not been. Is competitive over the last five, six, seven, eight races. You don't think he even gets no, a win? No, I don't. Hmm. He's just not. He's trending backwards for me. Joey Logano. What? Let's see how the next several races go for him. Kyle Larson, I'm not too worried about. And then obviously, Bowman is a good racer, but he's just he's just not gonna. He's just not a championship driver. All right, last one, Kyle Busch. I alluded to it earlier in the season. Or in the program, Kyle Busch has hit something with this next gen car. I think, I think he's going to be competitive. I think he's going to be a contender. I think he's going to rattle off multi wins. I think the field does not want to see Kyle Busch get hot, especially through the summer season. I, I, he's not a he's a decent road racer. I know there's four road races in the next nine, but there's some good tracks for Kyle Busch. Other than that, in the next nine. So, I, I fully expect him to be top four come championship round. All right. Uh, and the last thing I would like to say about your little group of four is you brought up the statistic with Larson. Yeah, he only did have that one win heading in before he won the million dollars. But I remember him being much more consistent Correct. than he has been up to this point in the season. So, well, we can point at that and be like, ah, oh, that might be a trend. And the next thing you know, he's going to rattle off a bunch of wins, which would I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, but if he rattles off another you know, nine wins in the last back half of the season, that, that's pretty insane. Uh, but, yeah, I think the consistency factor, like, kind of like you were mentioning with Logano's not there and, and Blaney, but he's got all the talent, so that's the big caveat. All right, our top four as it sits if we started today, and I think the main question is, like, if this was the top four, if this is who we end up with in Phoenix, who do you, who do you want to go with? Uh, we have Byron, Chastain, Elliott, and Hamlin. So I, I put Hamlin. the, yeah. He has seven. Okay, he has only won one race, and he's kind of had a bad season, but somehow he has seven playoff points. So I don't know if we're just, like, hating on him, and he's actually have way better of a season than well, we he think. He had five for a win and a couple stage wins, he's right? Just, yeah, I don't, he's struggling. But the points, the playoff points are actually there for him. Um, so of Hamlin, Elliot, Chastain, and Byron, Chris, if we're in Phoenix and we had the playoffs, fast forward, this is your final four, uh, who are you feeling most confident with in picking to be the champion out of those four guys? <sighs> well, I, <clears throat> I, I'm leaning towards either Elliot or Byron. Mm. I, I don't see, I don't see Hamlin being able to pull it off. And I'm blanking on who the other driver is. Chastain. Oh, Chastain. I, I just think, I mean, I've, I've been kind of on the fence with Chastain, mm -hmm. but I don't think he's got the maturity and or the team backing to pull off a championship. Do you think, uh, sticking with Chastain, do you think he struggles in the second half of the season? Yeah, I look, I look for that to happen. Because what I think is going to happen is I think they've hit on something early. 
okay? Mm-hmm. And I think what's going to happen is is that the bigger teams are catching up rapidly and they're going to figure yeah. out what they're going to figure out what what they've hit on and then they're going to ca- capitalize on it and they're going to bury him basically in the in mid-pack. I think maybe a little overconfident too at times has come back to bite him. So Yeah. Oof, I don't know. Uh Chastain's interesting. Amos of these top four, how many of those four, which I think I would probably have a low number personally, how many of those four right there do you think make the final four? So call me a homer. Mm-hmm. And I know you will. And that's No, fine. no, I probably agree with but, what you're about to say. Uh, it's Chase Elliott. Yes, he only has one win. Mm-hmm. He's leading with the most points. He doesn't have a lot of playoff points. I feel so if you look at Kansas, he placed he finished third and fifth in each stage and then he got the Bob charge for the tire <laughs> to bring out a caution to close up the field in my opinion. Um he's just been running the most consistent of the Now Ross Chastain, yes, he's been running consistent. But Ross Chastain's been running consistently on the verge of wrecking every race, including the two wins that he has. Or someone else. Yeah, yeah so I Which just, he has a little bit. <laughs> he's fun to watch. The watermelon. Not fun maybe. to watch him eat watermelon on TV during an interview. <laughs> but the bottom line is he's in the same boat as Chris Bell. Even in my opinion, just a little bit, William Byron, he's just not, he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he makes the chase. Um He's pretty solid with these two wins, but I just feel like, and it's his race style, and I get it, and I don't want to see anybody change the race style, but he's got a couple things going for him. Chris alluded to it, the team he's with right now, and mm-hmm. just kind of, and honestly his race style. So I don't see him being in the top four, um, bounced in the twelfth round in the round of twelve. Honestly, in my opinion, but yeah, I'm a homer. Chase Elliott's had the best season this far. I think he's in the top four of the four we just talked about. So, do you think that he see he's he's the only one out of those top four that will yeah. that will be in Phoenix? Yeah, I I mean I like at William, least from what I, we've seen. I so like far. William Byron. Yeah. Um, I think he's having a little more. He's not having as much success early on in the season as he did last season. Obviously, the two wins are a big thing for him. I feel like William Byron takes a little bit different approach through the summer season and gain some data points, like reels in some data points, get some experience, and kind of sets up for the chase. But I just don't know if he's quite there yet to make a deep run in the chase. All right, uh, Chris, do you think that you agree with Amos? Yeah. Boo on Denny Hamlin. Oh, boo on Denny Hamlin. I mean, seriously, he has one win. He has, like, honestly, in the driver points, he's, like, what, 20th or something? He's he's down. So I just, whatever. He'll probably pull something out of his ass and end up in the top four racing (laughs) in Phoenix, but I I don't see it. At this point, I don't see it, and that's not because Uh I don't like the guy. It's just the way he's racing. Well, I mean. (laughs) you, You can admit it. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't care for. No, I think everyone knows. You know, like, we're but, not big Denny Hamlin fans on here. But he'll uh, pull so something we're not out, even and he'll make Denny it. Hamlin fans <laughs> on here. He'll pull something out, and he'll be in the top eight for sure, and be on the verge of. Well, if we do remember last year, he just and moan about it. Had this weird season and lost the driver points total at the end of the season, and then. Next thing you know, he's just winning races in the chase, and you're just like, you know what, dude? Like, why? Why? 
Do you agree with Amos, though, Chris, that really of the top four currently, that Elliot's probably the only one that has a, a good shot to make the top four? Uh, do you see any of the other guys making it? Well, Elliot's biggest bugaboo in my mind is not Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott's biggest bugaboo is is an inconsistent pit crew. Oh, okay. Which, okay, hold on. Yeah, yeah. this stat. Finish um, your stat, but I have something to say about it. No, I mean, we saw the stat on, on TV. Driver rating, pit crew rating. Chase Elliott supposedly has the best combination of the two. Are you serious? That, yeah. Supposedly. See, I would have never... I'm sorry. No, I, I, I would completely agree with about what, what you're about to say. But then if you put pencil to paper mm-hmm. he literally is been the most consistent driver and pit road team mm. all year long wow but crazy stats, huh. stats sometimes lie and honestly i how think do that, numbers lie no, no no i sometimes not all the time like right. a lot of the times you can't dispute the numbers um but with this stat i don't i don't agree because elliot it's like they make adjustments throughout the race that weaken his car. His car goes away, it gets worse. He has problems that sometimes aren't necessarily his own doing, but he has problems. And it's just like, you might rate him that high and his pit crew and everything, but Eric Jones is also 10th on that list, and it hasn't got Eric Jones anywhere, right? So, and we saw what his pit crew was doing today okay, <laughs> or so on Sunday. So Let me, let me throw this out. Mm-hmm. You you brought up stats don't lie, okay? Yeah. Daytona tenth. He's not a he's he has a restrictor plate win. It's been at Talladega, not Daytona. Okay, twenty sixth at Auto Club. Not his fault. His teammate wrecked his ass out in the final stages. Las Vegas Motor Speedway ninth. Phoenix eleventh. Atlanta sixth. Circuits of America fourth. Richmond fourteenth. Martinsville tenth. Bristol eighth. Talladega seventh. Dover with a win. Darlington fifth. Kansas 29th, but was running top five all day. So I agree stats can be deceiving, but I don't think stats are deceiving with how consistently they're running at this point. Them aren't numbers screaming to me that his his pit crew is putting him in bad positions. I think that he should have more wins up to this point. Whether you want to say it's on the crew or not, the numbers don't say that, but the eyeball test says that there's problems that kind of Take him out of contention to win races or probably finish higher than he should. You rattle off good finishing positions that he's had. He should have more wins. He should probably be – he's leading the driver's points. Is that correct? Correct. So by that, like how does he not have more wins? Um, that's so over the next 13 races, okay, let's – if we're, we're kind of mm-hmm. beating this horse a little bit. No, we are So let's sure. kind of – let's just kind of stay on this pony. Charlotte, he has a win there in the past, mile and a half. He should do well. I don't know what's going to happen in Illinois. Sonoma should be there as a winner. Nashville, he was okay last year. Road America, he won, should be good. Atlanta's one of them crapshoot deals anymore. New Hampshire, I don't think he'll do well. Pocono, I think he's okay there. Road course, Michigan, Richmond, Road course, Daytona. Yeah, I mean, he could – I I see him having a better next 13 than the previous 13. So I guess here's an interesting question then when it comes down to it. Um, is Chase Elliott in your guys' mind, like, if you're going to put money down, let's say we go to Vegas. You got to put money down on a driver that's going to win the championship. Is Chase Elliott the guy you're going to be putting your money on, Chris? It'd be a long shot for me. 
So who would you rather go with? Probably uh, probably Kyle Busch, yeah. Well, sure. Why not? Okay. (laughs) He liked that one. I I didn't even have to talk him into it. Uh, Amos, let's get the the more Homer side from you. Homer side, sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll put money on Chase Elliott. No, no. You only get one guy, though. And that's like, you got to put money on the guy you really think is going to win. Right. Yeah. Right now, yes, I would. He's the most consistent driver. We can argue about stats all day. We can argue about finishes. Mm-hmm. Should have, could is what happened. Same thing with Kyle Busch, right? Oh, yeah. races, he should have yeah. won. Absolutely. He should have won, won Vegas. I don't give a shit what happened towards the end of the race. He should have won. Well, um, and, and he even did, last week, he, he was, lucked into Bristol. Even you know, last but, week, he was competitive until he ran over the air hose on the Yeah. Well, on he was Pitt competitive Road at then, Bristol, like, though. He was good at Bristol, too. Right. So. But, I mean, let's face it. Pit crew took him out of contention in Kansas. Yeah. Well, yeah, he had he he probably had the second best car, but the second best car by a tenth of a of a second, in my opinion. Right, yeah. like, I agree with that. He if he could have stayed up front in more clean air, I think he could have had would have been better off. So, but yeah, I'll put money on. I would put money right now today on Chase Elliott. Just the season he's had thus far, yeah, compared to everybody else. So no, I mean, I think. I think I would probably agree because, honestly, who else is jumping off the page? Like, yes, Byron has two wins. Chastain has two wins. Um, Hamlin's up there in the points, and Bush has looked pretty good up to this point. But really, outside of Bush or Elliott, as we look further down the standings, does anyone make you feel that comfortable? And then the guys with the most wins right now, they don't make me feel comfortable because Byron always has problems when he gets in the postseason. Chastain's he's never been here before. He's right. just He's just long for the ride, and Hamlin always screws stuff up. Like, always. So unless you're going to go with Larson to have, like, an amazing back half of the season, which, which he is did possible, last, right? he did <laughs> la- I mean, he may be another million-dollar winner and well, see, here's rattle the thing. it off, right? Mm-hmm. We're basing all this off on performances from past years. And the, and the wild card in this entire thing is this new car. It's true. Because, yeah. you know, they were all the time talking about, well, this car is way more durable and it's way more forgiving of you know bouncing off walls and bouncing off of each other and then you run over a stinking hose on pit road and it takes you out of competition yep. or the, essentially. T- the tire goes flat so, and you can't move yeah so yeah. i'm just looking at this car and i'm thinking okay great it's kind of everything that nascar has advertised but it's got its flaws and its flaws are glaring i agree i think that's why there's going to be a little bit of advantage to someone like kyle bush with the experience, he's back to the practice, which they've talked about on the TV multiple times of how much it's helping him. So, Bush and Elliot. I mean, 13 races in, you want to ask me who is really going to be there towards the end? That's who I would say. But then you might have someone like you know Kevin Harvick rattle off two, three wins and then be there at the well, end. So, I've, you know, I've well, got a thought about the whole Kevin Harvick, Eric Amarola. <laughs> yeah. You know. Here's the deal, and I I could be way out in left field on this one, but I think Ford has gotten wind that Tony Stewart is courting or Dodge is courting Tony Stewart, whatever. And and I'll be straight up honest with you. A, I don't think Ford's got the performance this year across Uh the board. Mm -hmm. And B, I've got a sneaking suspicion that they're pulling their support out of Stewart Haas very quietly, but I still think that, you know, that it's happening. And, hmm. you know, and it, it's been an ongoing struggle with Stuart Haas because that's the primary reason they went over to Ford because they were sick and tired of playing third fiddle to Chevrolet. They're supposed to be 
the flagship for Ford when they went there, right? Right. The and only the only thing I would say is all the Fords have kind of been junky. So well, I agree yeah. with you. Like the I Fords mean, the, have struggled on a larger scale than just Stuart and, Haas. And so. last year we made a lot of excuses for Stuart Haas because they screwed their data points <laughs> up and it took them. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You made all. a lot of excuses. Okay, for Stuart well. Haas. The point is, it took them a whole season to figure out, okay, where are we at? Mm-hmm. Well, when they finally got it figured out, they were pretty racy, but it was too late. It was way too late. And and all the data points that they found from last year that were wrong absolutely are worthless this year because this is a completely different car. All right, let's layer wrap it up and move on to the all-star race. Um, who has impressed us the most up to this halfway point of the regular season? Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Who's... Who have you been like, oh, if we had like a 13 race champion, obviously it would be Byron. But if you got to pick who's been the most impressive up to this point, who are you going to go with? To be brutally honest, I haven't been that impressed with anybody. Oh. I, I have not seen anybody. Chris throws it down. Well, I haven't seen anybody stand up and say, I'm the guy to beat. Mm. True. So, True. And, and because you'll have inconsistencies across the board with every single team mm-hmm. at any given race. And that's why I say it. I'm not seeing it with anybody. Do you think a guy emerges in the second half of the season? Or do you think it's kind well, of Well, I hope so. Oh, you hope so? I hope so, because this is getting frustrating. I don't know. This is kind of exciting to see the close well, races and so many different winners. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's not just winners. It's guys that are finishing consistently in top fives or consistently in top tens. And there's really nobody doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, to me, nobody has jumped out and said, I'm the guy to beat. All right. Well, uh, since we battered him a little bit, I'm going to go uh, with Ross Chastain. I know he had a, you know, we're, we're not, we're kind of being hard on him in the second half of the season. I, I do think he will struggle. Um, but honestly, to kind of come out of nowhere like he has with Trackhouse, when we talk about like being impressed, that's pretty impressive for me. Um, what about you, Amos? It's going to sound like I'm lovesick for Kyle Busch, but oh, no. <laughs> he's done pretty good the first part of the season. I mean, I agree with Chris. Nobody's just jumping out and being like, hey, look at me. I mean, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott kind of have my vote. Um, I, but I do think that somebody jumps out in the final 13 races and kind of separates themselves moving forward, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's one of them too. All right. Uh, shall we move on to the All-Star race then? Yes. We, we went way longer on that than we needed to with the uh, playoff standings update, but we'll, we'll make our picks for the All-Star race and, and kind of get out of here. We talked about the format a couple weeks ago, uh, but just real quickly, we'll have practice, 15, 20 minutes, two practice sessions, and then we'll have a single car in reverse order of owner points. Top eight advance to a head-to-head elimination bracket, and those top eight will do the pit stop, race around the track, no speed limits on pit road. Uh, first car to the line advances to the next round until the final pairing who will complete the front of the pole. Obviously, we'll have the open, which will be 20, 20, and 10. And then we'll have the winner of that move on to the all-star race and the fan vote move on to the all-star race. And then the main event will be split into four stages, 25 laps each for the first three, 50 for the last one. Winner gets a big oh, $1,000,000. So... We know what this race offers. <laughs> we know that uh, it gets pretty rambunctious on track at times, and there can be lots of hurt feelings afterwards, potentially. Uh, we've already said it a few times, last year's winner was Kyle Larson. I would give him a strong chance to win as well. 
Um, but like I said, be sure you guys go vote for the All Star Race fan vote, and then your hopefully favorite guy, if he's not already in the All Star Race, can get in. So, uh, any comments quickly, Amos? I love it when a million bucks is on the line. <laughs> this can be awesome. Chris, you said well, it look many. Look at how crazy oh, yeah. those guys are getting for a hundred thousand dollars in the Xfinity <laughs> series. I mean, we need to put the Xfinity guys up here. Boy, they're driving over each other to get that hundred grand. Yeah, that's true. So, help me out here. Who's going to be in the open? Anyone who hasn't won a race in the last two seasons, find it for me, and or won a race in the, or excuse me, won an All Star race or won a championship. That's a full time driver. So. So let's just say, like, for example, Kurt Busch had not won in the last two seasons. He would get in by virtue of being a former series champion. Um, so, so so he's in. He's he's definitely in, though. Yeah. He's in the Open. No, no. He'll be in the, the All-Star race. The All-Star race. Yeah. So the Open race. So um, anyone that hasn't won last two years or won this race previously. Oh. So there's, there's a and few. And they've got to be a full-time driver, right? I believe... I, well, actually, I don't know, but I believe that's the rule, right? Because my mind's kind of saying Almondinger, but he's not a full-time driver. Well, well let's look at the list here. That's who is in the open. All right, Amos, start us off with the picks. Uh, who's going to win <laughs> the Open? Okay, so I have several names running through my mind, mm. but I've got to, I've got to kind of go with. Not my heart on this one. Okay. Um, I think Tyler Reddick wins the Open and moves on mm. to the All-Star Race. All right, Chris. You get the next pick. It's an unfamiliar position for you, but here you are picking second. <laughs> Who do you want to go with? And isn't it crazy that Reddick hasn't, hasn't won a race and he's in the Open? I mean, it is kind of... Kind of crazy. Poor kid. He needs to get a little tougher on it. And I can't pick Tyler Reddick. Right? You can't? No, he's been taken. Sorry. Uh, well, I'm going to get. I'm going to throw some love towards Eric Jones. All right. All right. Good pick. Because, I I mean, to me, you know, the guy's had some unfortunate problems. Uh, but, but I think he's that close. I'm just going to go with that. He's that close, huh? He's that close. All right. So you definitely took my pick. Um well, and I, I did? Yes. Well, I think wow. there's probably three picks to, that it'll probably be safe for any of us to take. Uh, so I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez to kind of round that out the three. That would have been my second pick. Ah, see? I think that's kind of the three guys, right, that everyone's looking at, yeah. to be honest. So. Yep. I wouldn't say Suarez, but... Oh, who was your third? I'd say Dylan. Dylan. Ooh. Wait, so, Ty Dylan or Austin, Austin Dylan? Dylan? Austin Dylan. Austin Dylan. Okay. Interesting. Uh, let's go. Well, he has won a Texas before. That's true. All right, let's go with who wins the Melione dollars, Amos. Because of the type of race, I say Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain. Wow. He's wow. going to throw it out for the million, huh? Yeah, man. Took he's my pick away from me He's again. wrecking it for 50000 so what's he going to do for <laughs> a million? He'll run over everybody's ass and then give him a little bit of his million on the way out and call it good. Yep, right. Ross Chastain. Chris, who do you want to go with? How long is this race? How long is it? Yeah. 100 laps broken into... 100 laps. Oh, uh, sorry. 150 miles. Uh, 100 laps, yeah. Okay, I'm probably going to be way off base on this one. But I'm going to go with Austin Cindric. It should be 125, right? 
NASCAR's lying to me. 25, 25, 25, and 50s, 125. 125, sorry. You're sorry. You're so it's go basically a heat race at Daytona. Or, uh, yeah, whatever. I, I'm going to go with Austin Cindric. Oh, yeah, Austin Cindric. I think Austin Cindric can put it together for 125 laps for a million dollars. And that would kind of be funny. I have some, you know, Penske has this, they're notorious for putting it together for these specialty races. All right, uh, I'm going to go with the man that we know loves to to get after it on the radio, so I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Uh, if there's any race this man wants to win, new baby girl, need a million dollars, maybe gain some momentum from this race, uh, I'm going to go with the, the guy that would <coughs> definitely wreck his grandma to win like and a he's truck race. Proven that. <laughs> he to win a truck race, he's gonna win the million. All right, uh Amos, who which team has the best performance of the All Star weekend? <coughs> Hendrick Motorsports. Hendrick. Yeah. Chris. Hendrick has been taken. Uh okay. I'll go with JGR. JGR has been taken. So that leaves me with track house. Yeah. Suarez will win the open. Uh, I think Chastain does have a strong Wait a minute. chance. I said earlier in the season that Chastain was racing for Stuart Haas, didn't I? Chastain? It's Chase Briscoe that's racing for Stuart Haas. Yes. I am sorry. Fact checked myself on the show. <laughs> From what, like a long time ago? It's like all right. When you were ago. picking Kyle Busch earlier in this show, you were talking about Kurt, so it works out. Oh, you know, we all misspeak. All right. This There's our true. picks. Uh, it's a later start. The Open is at 530. I believe, Eastern time, and the main event will get underway at 8 Eastern, both on FS1. Uh, let's let's leave it here, guys. Final nope. thoughts for Gotta today. Got to have the weather check, and I'm oh, doing that right now. I will predict sunny, warm, beautiful Texas weather. Okay, the weekend forecast for Fort Worth, Texas is, ooh. Sunday is 78 with a 22 per, or 19 percent chance of rain. Saturday's 89 with a 24 percent chance, and Friday is windy and 94 degrees. So it'll be nice weather, is what you're saying? Could be. Okay. Or it could totally <laughs> suck. Well, that was an accurate weather report, so we're going to leave it there. Uh, <laughs> hey, you get what you pay for on this program. <laughs> Don't forget to, well, it's free, so you know, listen all you want and tell your friends. Um, <laughs> and give us a five-star rating. Yeah, so all the plugs, all the plugs. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to today's show. I know it was kind of chaotic last half. I don't know what we were doing. We were arguing very vehemently about Chase Elliott for sure. So we will be back to recap the All-Star Race and look forward to the continuation of the regular season, the Chase for 16, very much alive. So uh, we'll be back next week to break it all down. Who gets that million? Guess we'll see. Don't forget, All-Star voting closing soon, so uh, go make your pick. All right, have a good rest of your day, guys. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening. <laughs>